Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Anything Goes. I'm Emma Chamberlain, your host. I hope that you're having a gorgeous week. I had a good week, although nothing interesting happened. I cooked. I cleaned. I went to the gym. I did my chores. I read my book. I journaled. And that was it. Like, that's all that happened this week. But it was a good week. Um... But because I have no life updates, let's just get right into the episode today. This episode is presented by Haagen-Dazs. It's love at first bite with the new Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche bar, featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream, swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide. That's Dawes. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try opening moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Bai. It's Wonder Water. So I was wondering, what made Bai so great? And it's actually pretty simple. Bai is infused with antioxidants. And whatever flavor you're picking up, for me, it has to be Bai Raspberry Lemon Lime by Sydney Sweeney. You'll also find that it has electrolytes and no artificial sweeteners. So for flavorful hydration, choose Bai. It's Wonder Water. Learn more about Bai and discover all the exotic, bold flavors at drinkbuy.com. What are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about the stereotypes of only children. I grew up as an only child and I feel like throughout my life, stereotypes have just been thrown at me, you know? People who aren't only children definitely tend to judge only children for whatever reason. Um, And I kind of get it because when I think about the concept of being an only child, it's very weird. Like it is kind of weird and it's not super common. Like I don't meet a lot of only children on my day to day excursions. Like it's kind of rare to meet other only children. Um, And as much as every human being and every only child is different, I thought it'd be interesting today to go through a list of stereotypical behaviors of only children. And I want to give my opinion as an only child and say whether or not I think that they're true, at least for me. Obviously, every only child is different, but let's see how much I fit the only children stereotype. I found an article online. The website is bestlifeonline.com. And they wrote an article called 15 Dead Giveaways That You're Dealing With an Only Child. I'm going to give my opinion on them and we will see how they did. Number one, only children are independent to a fault. One of the biggest perks of being an only child is also one of its pitfalls. Only children get so used to being alone that they have an independent streak that's difficult to break. That can often mean that as adults, it's their way or the highway. 
And if you have a strong independent streak of your own, make sure that you know the 15 ways to be a safer female solo traveler. Oh, that would actually be a really good article for me to read after this because I do like traveling by myself. Um, But anyway, I do think that I'm independent to a fault. I would say that this is true because as much as I enjoy talking to people and as much as I enjoy hanging out with my close family and friends, I definitely tend to prefer my time alone because I'm very selfish about my own schedule and routine. Like I have certain things in my day that I need to get done or else I am not a good person. (laughs) For example, like I need to exercise every day and I need to, well, not every day, but like do something kind of active every day. Um, I like to have the time and freedom to get my work done at my leisure, stuff like that. And so because of that, and because of the fact that I enjoy being alone anyway, I do end up spending a lot of time alone and I do tend to lean towards that. Like if I have a choice, I'll usually choose to be alone, which is good for my productivity, but bad because I think that I can get lonely without even realizing it. Like I'll accidentally end up being alone for a week straight and then I'll be like, oh fuck, I have not seen anybody this week. And even though I'm an only child and I'm used to being alone and I'm comfortable with being alone, as a human being, you still need to have social interaction. Like you have to have balance. And I think that I tend to overdo it sometimes and I'll spend too much time alone and then it'll end up making me kind of sad, but I don't even realize that it's happening when it's happening. And then I'll be like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to plan like a dinner with my friends or plan a barbecue or something because I've just been alone for too long and it's starting to make me subconsciously a little bummed out. Um, So I would say that this first point is true. So off to a good start. Second trait of only children is that they're more sensitive. Having a sibling to take jabs at you throughout your childhood can give anyone a thicker skin. However, for many only children, that lack of playful teasing means that they're a bit more sensitive as adults. You know, I would disagree with this one because I don't think that I'm any more sensitive when it comes to playful jabs and stuff like that than the next guy. I would say I'm sensitive in other ways. Like I would say I'm sensitive in a sense where I'm highly emotional and I cry a lot and I take things really deep to heart and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to like playful banter and like people giving me a hard time, I would say I'm pretty good at handling that. Um, for whatever reason, I don't think that being an only child has made me a pussy in the sense where somebody, you know, makes fun of something that I'm wearing or something as a joke and I get really upset. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good about that. I don't think that I'm super sensitive there. But in general, I'm sensitive, if that makes sense. Like, more on a personal basis, less than on a social basis, I would say that I'm sensitive. So I guess that I'm 50-50 on this one. 
But like, if somebody wants to pick on me playfully, like, I'm not going to be like, hey, that's not nice. Like, no, I actually enjoy that stuff most of the time. So uh, I'm, I'm on the fun- fence with this one. Third characteristic of an only child is that they won't ask you for help. That coworker who would rather go back to school to learn print or repair than ever call for help. Yeah, they're probably an only child. In addition to learning independence at a young age, only children learn how important self-sufficiency is, meaning they're often unwilling to admit that they need a hand. Yes, this is actually very true. I will ruin my own life if it means that I don't have to ask for help. I hate asking for help. All of my friends could tell you this, like, I rarely ever, if ever, ask for help. If I need a ride to the airport, if I need help moving, if I need help learning how to do something, I will never ask anyone for help. I always force myself to figure it out on my own. Like if I want to learn how to do something new, I will read a book about it. I will go on the internet and look it up myself. I'll figure it all out myself because I hate asking for help. I don't actually know why I behave like that. I guess it's because I don't want to be a burden to anybody and I would rather just figure it out on my own instead of using somebody else's time because then I feel guilt. Like if I use somebody else's time when I could have just handled it on my own, I feel guilty about that. I'm very conscious of my use of other people's time. And I never want anybody to feel like them helping me is a waste of time. So instead, I just don't ask for help. So I would say that's very true. Fourth trait of an only child, they need their alone time. If that person you matched with on Tinder seemed like they were into you, but suddenly tells you that they want to spend a few days alone, don't necessarily sweat it. For many only children, learning to be alone is such an integral part of their childhood that they tend to crave solo time as adults too. For sure. Like, after a weekend of hanging out with friends, I'm ready to be alone. For sure. And I definitely need time to recharge. Possibly more than my close friends. Some of my friends are the same way, even though they're not only children. But I I would say that, like, my social battery, I feel like it's drained pretty quickly, possibly quicker than other people. And I need to be by myself and reflect and think and recharge and do things for me and get my energy back, I would say for sure. But in the same breath, like if I spend too much time alone, I get to a point where I need social interaction. Like I'm not somebody who could spend two months in solitary confinement and like be fine. Like by no means is that true. It's like a balance, you know what I mean? But I definitely prioritize my alone time. I would say that that's very true. Um, Fifth trait of only children is that they're overachievers. With the extra parental attention that often accompanies being raised as an only child comes one significant benefit, some overachieving tendencies. Many only children keep aiming high in adulthood to regain that high that they got from parental praise as a kid. 
I would agree with this. I would say I am definitely kind of an overachiever and perfectionist, which I don't hate about myself. It does make my life a living hell sometimes and most of the time. But I would say it's worth it for me because you know what? I'm wired this way. I can't turn it off. So might as well accept it. But I don't think that it has to do with being an only child because my parents never put any pressure on me to get good grades or, you know, do any crazy extracurricular stuff or to be in any crazy sports. Like I never had that pressure. My parents were always really chill. Um, I think that that's just how I am wired naturally. Like, I don't think that has anything to do with me being an only child, but yet it is true. So I guess, you know, maybe my only childness has something to do with the fact that I am a perfectionist and an overachiever. Who knows? But, eh. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone. But talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate, I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk and need a safe space, I highly recommend therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash anything. Next, only children are wise beyond their years. Growing up without a peer at home, but with a lot of adult influence can have a major effect on an individual's personality. It makes them wise beyond their years. Both kids and adults can have an old soul personality that might be the result of spending more time with grownups than with kids in their youth. This is true. Like, this is very true. And I feel like they forgot to mention a part of being, quote unquote, wise beyond your years, which is that I genuinely get along with adults better than I get along with kids. And that has been tough for me. Like, as, you know, maybe nice as it may sound to be mature 
I have always struggled with connecting with people that are my age because I've just simply spent so much time with adults. And like to this day, I talk to adults equally as much as I talk to people my own age, whether it's like my parents or, you know, even my team that I work with on my like, you know, work. <laughs> um, I talk to adults equally as much, if not even a little bit more than I talk to kids or people my age. And I feel like I get along with adults better, but that makes me feel isolated sometimes because I'll go to a social event, I'll go to a party and I'll try to connect deeply with people my age. And I find that it doesn't work. And I don't know why that is, but it's very rare that I'll find somebody my age that I fully connect with. And I don't really have an explanation for it, but I can say that I do think that that has to do with me being an only child. And it has its benefits because, you know, getting along with adults and being maybe a little bit more mature in a sense can help get you far in some areas, but it can also make you feel really isolated. And I have felt really isolated because of this trait. Um, and I would say it's very true. So moving on next, only children know how to keep themselves amused. If you have that one friend who seems to know how to find endless ways to amuse themselves in any situation, odds are that they are an only child. In fact, researchers at Middle Tennessee State University found that only children are particularly good at finding ways to keep themselves occupied, whether that means playing solo or creating imaginary friends. Um, I would say that this was pretty true. Like as a kid, I don't think I was ever bored, even though I was an only child. I was never bored. I was always doing weird fucking shit. Like whether that was, you know, experimenting with makeup or finding weird documentaries on YouTube at, as like a nine-year-old or um, making weird things. Like I used to like make weird things like out of duct tape and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think I was ever bored as a kid. And so I, I would say that I was probably pretty good at entertaining myself as a kid. But as an adult, like I definitely get bored sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, it would be nice to like go to the beach with friends right now. I'd rather do that than go by myself. Like, I think in my older years, I've gotten to a place where I do get bored more often. I would say that I'm less prone to use my imagination as an adult to entertain myself, which as a kid, I was very good at. But I would say that in general, I'm pretty good at entertaining myself. So I would say that this is pretty much true. Number eight. Only children hate to admit when they're wrong. While kids with siblings often have someone else to pass the blame on to, only children have no such luck. And as such, they're often unwilling to admit their wrongdoing even in adulthood, knowing that any blame will fall squarely on their shoulders. Oh, okay, this is interesting because initially I would say that I disagree. Like I'm fully okay with admitting when I'm wrong. Like, if I hurt somebody's feelings or if I do something wrong and they come to me and they tell me, hey, you did something wrong, here's what it is. I enjoy the path of least resistance. I don't like arguing with people and I just want everything to be fun and easygoing. So I'm always willing to admit my faults, point blank. But this did mention that only children, even in their adulthood, 
feel like all blame will fall squarely on their shoulders. And that's very true. Because I was an only child, I felt like I could get away with nothing. You know, and my parents were so hyper aware of everything that I was doing that anytime I would even remotely mess up, fuck up in any way, my parents were on it and they were confronting me about it. Whereas I feel like kids who have siblings get to share that blame maybe a little bit more and it's less all on them. Whereas for me, like all the blame was on me. I think that as an adult, that's caused paranoia for me and almost this sense of wanting to be perfect and never fuck up because I grew up knowing that I could get away with absolutely nothing without being confronted by my parents, which is a great thing. Don't get me wrong. That's not a bad thing. But I think that my brain has taken it to maybe an unhealthy level where now I'm constantly anxious about fucking up in a sense or like doing something wrong because I don't want to get confronted but I feel like I'm always on the verge of getting confronted even like even if somebody misconstrues something that I said or did like I'm always paranoid about being confronted because I didn't get away with shit growing up which I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Next point is that only children are very close with their parents. This is very true. And this can be a good or a bad thing because I'm very close to my parents and they are like my best friends. You know what I mean? Like they've been like I've been extremely close with them since day one. And in a sense, they were the closest thing I had to siblings. Like you know, they would play Barbies and Legos with me and they would watch movies with me. Like they were like my siblings almost, which made me double close to them. And that's a good thing because, you know, I'm grateful for my relationship with my parents. It's very close. But on the other hand, it's actually kind of emotionally taxing because my parents are so sacred to me that I put a lot more weight on my relationship with my parents than some of my peers do. And I worry about them a lot more. And that's miserable. Like, I constantly am worrying about my parents because they're like the only family I really have. And that's scary because there's only two of them and they are one of one. You know what I mean? My closeness to them is amazing, but it also comes with a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and a lot of protectiveness almost over them. Next point, only children are not great at sharing. While many of the traits associated with only children are unfounded, their rumored unwillingness to share may have some truth to it. Researchers in China have actually discovered differences in the brains of only children and those with siblings, the former being less agreeable than those who grew up with other kids in the family. One of the negatives is not learning how to share if parents don't ensure that this developmental process happens. Um, I would say that this is true to a certain extent, especially when I was younger. Like, if I would come to school and I would have a new pack of erasers... And one of my friends would ask me for one. The answer was no. The answer was absolutely not. I 
really hated sharing growing up. I think it was because I really liked taking care of my things and I really cherished my things. So sharing them like bothered me. Um, And I always felt like people should just go get their own stuff, you know? So I would say that that's relatively true. But when it comes to like eating at a restaurant and somebody wanting a bite of my food or somebody wanting to borrow my clothes nowadays, I feel like I've relaxed a lot, you know? But even deep down, though, I still get a little bit irritated occasionally. Like, if somebody wants to borrow my clothes or, you know, borrow my makeup or, like, whatever, borrow my things. Like, I do tend to get a little bit irritated. But I think that I've gotten better at being like, Emma, you need to share. You know what I mean? Like, you do need to share. Like, you can't be an asshole, you know? So, luckily, with my maturity, I've, like gotten better about it but I do think that this is actually true at first I thought it wasn't true but I I actually agree I'm not great at sharing I'm gonna be honest next only children are not good at compromising now let me do some self-reflection here let me think about a scenario where there need to be compromise let's say that I want to see a movie but my friend wants to go to the beach a compromise would be that instead we go to dinner. I would say I'm pretty chill about that. I mean, when it comes to like doing activities with other people, I just want everybody to be happy so that whatever activity we do is fun. So I'm generally willing to compromise um, in order to make everybody happy. Although before I'm even likely to compromise I'm more likely to just settle and just like agree because I just again want the path of least resistance and I want everybody to be happy so I I would not say that this point is true I would say I'm pretty good at compromising and so that point is not valid next they tend to think outside of the box you know it's funny that this is on the list because recently I've been struggling with thinking outside of the box I found In the past, I've been okay at it, but in my recent years, like, I feel like I'm on autopilot to a point where I don't really think outside of the box as much as I wish I did. So I would say that this isn't necessarily true because I have to force myself to think outside of the box sometimes, and it doesn't always come really naturally to me. Sometimes it does, but like, definitely sometimes it doesn't. So I would say that this is not true. Next, only children need a lot of affirmation. Only children need a lot of compliments. Uh, Yeah, that is very true. Like when I'm in a relationship, I need somebody to tell me that I'm the most perfect human being on the planet every day or else I feel terrible. Um, That's kind of a joke, but like kind of not. Like I need constant reassurance and affirmation and compliments Not necessarily compliments, more like reassurance and affirmations. Compliments are nice, but like they're not as necessary. Like I don't need that. But I constantly need to be reassured that people care about me, that they love me, that I'm pleasant to be around. Like I definitely need that a lot. According to this article, um, because, you know, only children received so much praise directly from their parents they need that also as adults you know in their everyday life 
because they're used to it. They're used to getting praised and congratulated and reassured and affirmed often. Somebody said it takes them a bit longer to warm up and only children have a hard time making friends. I disagree. I've never had a hard time really making friends or warming up to people. My problem is forming meaningful connections. Like I may have no problem making friends initially. My problem arises when it comes to keeping the relationship going. You know what I mean? And like maintaining a good relationship. That is when I struggle because I tend to be very picky with who I'm friends with. And if I'm not vibing with it, like I'm gone. You know what I mean? Like I will fucking disappear, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I think it's because I'm again, independent to a fault because I'm an only child and I don't feel like I need anybody. So because of that, I just will see myself out of a friendship that's not serving me possibly too quickly and possibly too easily. Um, but I do disagree with the point that only children struggle to make friends because when it comes to making friends, like the actual act of like creating a new friendship, starting a new friendship, that's like easy for me. It's a matter of whether or not I want to pursue it. That's where I struggle. Last but not least, they're highly success oriented. Okay, we already talked about this. I would say this is definitely true. I mean, I've always been very obsessed with succeeding, you know, like even though the pressure didn't come from my parents, it came from me. I was still always very obsessed with succeeding. I always wanted to go to a good college. I always wanted to get a job that paid really well. I always wanted to be successful. And I don't know why that is. I think it might be because the only person I was competing against was myself. And that kind of doesn't really give you a baseline. You know what I mean? Let's say you have a sibling who, you know, ended up being a nurse and you're in college and you're like, I want to be better than my sister. I want to have a better job than my sister. Then you might go and get your PhD and be a doctor. You know what I'm saying? That gives you like a set goal. You're like, I want to have a better job than my sibling. I don't know if that's how that shit works, but like, that's just an example. Whereas for me, like my goal was just like being as successful as possible with no limit. You know what I mean? Because I just didn't have anything to compare it to. Like I didn't have anybody to go off of. I was competing with just me. This episode is brought to you by Beyond Natural Pet Food. Cats are not real human children. However, I have two cats, Declan and Frankie, and they mean so much to me that they might as well be. We love our pets. Our pets are our world. And Beyond Pet Food makes it simple to care for your pets while caring for the wider world too. Beyond recipes are made with wholesome ingredients like wild-caught salmon and organic free-range chicken. It's natural with added vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. And Beyond has donated almost half a million dollars to the Nature Conservancy to support initiatives like improving ethical fishing practices and promoting sustainable food production. Good for your pet and for your world. Visit beyondpetfood.com to check out all of Beyond's natural recipes. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Unlike this podcast, some things in life should be boring, like banking. 
because boring is pragmatic and responsible, level-headed and wise. All the things that you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for red carpets, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money. Because when your money is doing what you need it to do, you can do all the unboring things you want to do with it. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. So I guess the moral of the story is, is that there are definitely some traits that you inevitably get from being an only child. I don't think that they're necessarily always negative. I think that they can be negative, but I think that there's definitely negative things that come from, you know, having siblings. And I think at the end of the day, it's all very individual, you know, and honestly, looking at this article and kind of analyzing it myself put a lot of things into perspective for me because I am always thinking about my future and when I have kids and stuff like that. And I always ask myself how many kids I want to have. And I was always torn between having multiple kids so that I could, in a sense, experience what siblings is like because I never had my own siblings. So I would give my kids siblings so that I could experience that in a family dynamic because I've never experienced it. But then I've also considered, you know, just having one kid and stopping there. Um, Because my personal experience being an only child, I think was pretty good. Like, I wouldn't want it any other way. And so, is there really a helicopter? Like, can you guys hear that? I hope you can't hear that. Whatever. Um, There's a helicopter above my home right now. I'm, like, trying to remember if I broke a law within the past 48 hours. It's like a police helicopter. I'm scared. Okay, anyway. Um, They're here to get me. But, no, I, I think that you can't really go wrong. I think that at the end of the day, you know... Your circumstance is what you make of it. And there are so many factors that like being an only child or not being an only child is just a small part of what makes you you, you know, whether or not you have siblings, it's a very minute detail of your personality and your development. Um, But anyway, let's answer some questions. You guys tweeted me at the Twitter on the Twitter at AG podcast some questions about being an only child and I'm going to answer them and you can follow the Twitter at AG podcast if you'd like to participate in further episodes somebody said were you jealous of other kids because they had siblings and you didn't I definitely was jealous occasionally of people who had siblings especially people who had older siblings because I always felt like people who had older siblings had more connections Like, for example, when they'd get into high school, all of the teachers already knew the kids that had older siblings and kids who have older siblings are always thought of as cooler, I feel like. So I definitely felt like I was missing out in that area. But when it came to my family life, I never wanted siblings. Actually, I was repulsed by the thought of having a sibling. Like, I was so glad that I didn't have a sibling. Because I liked having my parents full attention and like I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I think more socially, like at school, that's when I wish I had an older sibling. 
but again, like no regrets. In retrospect, I'm glad I don't have siblings. I wouldn't be the same person, you know? Somebody said, as an only child, who would you go to for advice? Always my parents. And I think that that's what made my relationship to my parents so close was that they were the only people I had to go to for advice. And it made our relationship so much closer and it made our relationship a lot more open. And for that, I'm very grateful because I think that it's kind of rare for kids to go to their parents and tell them everything. And I've always been somebody who did that. And I'm very grateful for that. Somebody said, knowing what you know about being an only child, do you think that you will have an only child or have multiple kids? So I know I just talked about that literally 30 seconds ago, but here's my dilemma. Like I'll, I'll be brutally honest. I want to have an only child because I had such a great experience with it. I had such a great bond with my parents and I just think, I I just think that it was great. You know what I mean? It was great. But at the same time, I'm scared of only having one child because I'm scared of only having one child and then something happening to that one child. Like, this is so morbid, but like them dying or something. And then I'd be left with no kids. Like, that's the reason why I want to have potentially multiple kids is because not only, you know, would it be interesting and an eye-opening experience to witness how the sibling dynamic works, but I also want to have a big family and have a lot of people around me and like have that be kind of guaranteed because family when you're in your 30s and 40s is like the most important thing actually I would say from the time that you're like 40 till the time that you die I think that family is like one of the most important things you have because you're not social as much anymore. You know, you're not partying and at school and all that stuff. Your priorities shift to family, I feel like, when you're older. Um, whatever family may mean for you, it's very different for everybody. But I feel like I want to have a big family because I want to ensure that I have people around me for the rest of my life. And, and a lot of people, you know what I mean? I want to have a decent sized family and I don't have siblings. So I kind of have to make up for lost time by having extra kids. I feel like the happy medium would be to have like two or three kids. I think three might be too much. I think two kids is perfect. So maybe three, but maybe two. I don't know. But who knows? It might come down to it. I might just have one kid and be like, I'm done. And that might be enough, you know? Um, but I don't know. I'm so young. I don't need to know right now. Do you think that being an only child was harder because you had divorced parents? I would say no. Well, yes. I would say yes and no. Yes, because I had nobody to relate to over the heartbreak of a divorce. I was kind of alone in that front. But I would say that after 
the divorce was like fully over and everything was kind of settled, I don't think it was harder because I got a lot of one-on-one time with both of my parents and that was really special and I think that was great and I think that that actually made my childhood in a sense easier because I had so much one-on-one time with my parents. Not, I mean, I think that there were definitely some hard parts about it but I would say that overall like the only part about it that was ruthless was that when it was happening and in the midst of it, I didn't have anybody that was going through the exact same thing as me. Like my parents were, yes, going through a divorce with me, but they were dealing with a totally different side of it than I was. I didn't have a sibling that was in the exact same position as me dealing with the exact same situation. And I think that was tough. Somebody said, do you think there's a lot more pressure to be successful when you're an only child rather than when you have siblings? I thought about this even more because I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but I thought about this even more and I actually think that I personally had less pressure on me because there was no sibling to compare to. You know what I'm saying? So like any accomplishment was exciting to my parents and they didn't really have any expectation because I was their only child. Um, so I was lucky in that area, but I do think that some only children feel pressure to be uber successful because they are their parents only chance at having a successful child. Um, so I think it can go both ways, but I would say for me personally, I didn't experience that because instead my parents were looking at it, you know, like, well, you know, this is, this is our only kid. We have nothing to compare it to. Like she's doing good enough conversation over you know what I mean um anyway I think it's safe to say that only children are definitely a unique breed but they're not that much different okay so don't be afraid of only children we don't bite uh trust me we're not that bad um we're not that weird either I don't think but maybe just don't ask us to borrow our clothes that's the takeaway from this episode Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it relatively interesting. If you enjoyed it, give Anything Goes a five stars on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Anything Goes on any of the platforms that you listen to podcasts. Follow the Anything Goes Twitter at AG Podcasts so that you can participate in the episodes. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I love you all and I will see you around. Bye.